This is the Danger Close Podcast, Beyond the Books, with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. This is another special episode of Danger Close in that we are going through each and every one of the novels in the lead up to publication of Only the Dead. And right now we are going to talk about The Devil's Hand. That is the fourth book in the James Reese Terminal List series. And this is one that I wanted to go a little more into the geopolitical realm because the the first one, was pretty much a hard-hitting revenge thriller, conspiracy thriller, action thriller. Second one, The uh, True Believer, uh, a lot more geopolitics, a lot more complex in that one. I tighten it back up, make it a lot more personal in Savage Sun, but with some geopolitics sprinkled in there as well. But still, though that geopolitical lens is still rooted in some personal issues for the both the protagonist and the antagonists, plural. So this one, I wanted to get back to introducing a little bit more of that geopolitical, um, those geopolitical issues to it. So the devil's hand. So right now it is, I've started writing this, it is in the thick of COVID. And the idea behind this book was to look at the United States through the eyes of an enemy who has had about 20 years to watch the United States on the field of battle, take lessons learned and apply them to future battle plans. And when I talk about the enemy in my head, what I'm thinking of is Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, super empowered individuals, terrorist organizations. If that group looked at the United States on the field of battle in Iraq and Afghanistan, what would they have taken from that? What lessons would they have taken? And that's the lens that I was looking through when COVID hits. So as I'm writing this, uh, COVID hits and well, if I'm looking at this through the eyes of the enemy, they are certainly taking lessons from our response to COVID. So that ended up getting worked into the novel. Then we have a very uh, contentious political season kickoff and a summer of civil unrest. And certainly the enemy is looking at all of these things and applying those lessons to their future battle plan. So it became very timely just because of the theme of the novel and each novel, as I've talked about, has its own distinct theme. So this one is looking at the United States through the eyes of the enemy. And it's also uh, a book that came out on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So that was worked in as well. And I wanted to make sure that I paid tribute to that event in a way that was thoughtful and appropriate for the characters um, and didn't exploit that event at all, but it was also something that was so impactful to an entire generation, uh, to our country, obviously, but to the characters in my novel as well. So, um, couldn't gloss over that one, had to hit it all head on. So that is the devil's hand. And once again, here, this is hardcover right here. And then a few months later, paperback usually has a different type of a cover. And then the trade paperback about a year after uh, this comes out, maybe a year and a half after. And this has a similar looking cover, but it's bigger than the hardcover. And of course, the audio. And that is narrated by the incomparable Ray Porter, who is absolutely amazing bringing these stories to life. So with that, here we are with my friend and publicist, David Brown from Simon & Schuster and Jesse Carey from Danger Close. So let's kick this thing off. 
the devil's hand. David, what did you think when you first read this thing? I'll tell you what I thought of and just follow me here. I will. If you, and I don't think it's it's always on, I think it's a special channel they have on Sirius XM that they bring on every once in a while. It's the Billy Joel channel. Mm. And it's all Billy Joel music. And in between, he's telling stories about, you know, it's sort of like you're doing here, telling stories the behind the scenes, what, what he wrote, why he wrote it. And one thing that he said is that a lot of his, he, he, a lot of his albums and songs are of different styles. So he talks about Uptown Girl being kind of like a Motown doo-wop, not Motown, a mm. doo-wop type tribute. He does rock and roll. He does different styles. Uh, you do that too. Uh, each book is a different flavor mm. of the genre. And this one, I and I thought it as, as I was in it, was your most Vince Flynn uh, of all your novels. Ah, interesting, interesting. And why, and why is that? The structure, the sort of ticking time, ticking time bomb aspect of it, the uh, 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 domestic, uh, the, uh, and just the, 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 the Islamic terrorism. Yeah. Being, uh, uh, front and center. Right, right. Yeah, for this one also, I thought that I would go and do on the ground research for all my novels, at least one place, possibly two that we're going to feature prominently in the storyline. And this one just so happened to be domestic. Uh, it's happened to take place for the most part in the continental United States. So um, COVID's going on. Uh, everything's pretty much locked down here because this came out in 2021. I'm writing it in 2020. And uh, it's uh, so I didn't need to travel. Thank goodness for this one. Um, I'd have run into that that problem for the next novel as well, which we'll talk about when we get to In the Blood. But for The Devil's Hand, uh, I, I talk about a lot of places that I have been. Um, and uh, I got to zoom in on Google Earth quite a bit to, to look at uh, different street signs or different different train features and things like that or get refreshers on places. But uh, The Devil's Hand was a fun one to write. And also, I think it's the second longest. So my, my longest now is Only the Dead this one that's coming out on May 16th, 139,000 words. And I think before that, the uh, the longest was The Devil's Hand. Um, and once again, I don't start with like, oh, this is gonna be my longest to date or with uh, with Only the Dead. This one's gonna be my most brutal to date as well. It's, uh, no, I never, never start like that. Uh, it's all about the story. And in this one, I didn't know how long it was gonna be. And it's uh, it just however long it takes to to honor the story. It's all about the story every day time. So this one ended up being pretty long, a lot of history woven in here as well, a lot of research in this one. So this is the first one where I really had to research something where I had no touch point, like other ones that I'm researching. Okay. It's, uh, you know, things that I've maybe I've heard about, or I've read about before, or, uh, have a certain touch point with uh, personal connection with this one bioweapons research, which they term biodefense research, was something that I had no touch point with in the military. The things that I knew about biodefense or bioweapons research uh, came from other novels, from movies that I'd seen, TV shows that I'd seen. Uh, so I really wanted to dive down and find out how much of those old books that I'd read or um, movies that I'd seen was really true. So this was the first one where I really had to put on that investigative journalist hat and 
conduct interviews and try to get people to talk and uh, then follow up with, uh, or not follow up, start with reading medical journals or defense journals and um, all sorts. So you had a foundation from which to be able to ask questions to people who have lived a life doing these sorts of things. So going into, you know, putting on these suits and going in and the way I describe it in the book here uh, and going into these, these labs that don't officially exist to do this sort of research uh, into biodefense because you have to create the weapon if you're going to learn how to counter the weapon. So I went deep down the rabbit hole into that. And it was the first time that I had been in an investigative journalist type of a role. And what I found was that if you're interviewing somebody who's works in that world, they leave a lot out, but they might give you something. And then you talk to somebody else. They also leave a lot out but might give you a tiny little crumb, but it was different than the other person gave you. And so if you conduct enough of those and pair that with your own research, then you can really put this puzzle together. And I did that with my last novel as well for, for In the Blood with artificial intelligence and quantum computing. But in this one, it was the biodefense realm, bioweapons research. And, uh, and that's why this is the first one also that I didn't submit to the government because I didn't do learn any of this stuff from my time in the military. So um, did my research and that research ended up in the pages of this novel of the devil's hand. And I got a lot of people reaching out to me afterward that uh, said, wow, you got pretty close with all that. So uh, I'd be fairly shocked if uh, what I describe in this novel isn't uh, almost exactly like some of the uh, bio defense uh, research facilities that we have in, in this country today. Now, this is there's an airborne virus in here. And we talked in the last episode about how Savage Sun came out in the real world in the teeth of the pandemic. You started this book and research before. Exactly. Yep, exactly. This one was I started this one, um, let's say, 2019, like fall 2019. So I'm finishing up Savage Sun. I'm starting to edit a couple things there. And uh, and, but I'm doing the research, putting the the one page executive summary together, putting the outline together for this one, uh, moving into the last part of 2019 and then into 2020. And that's when COVID hit. Wait a second. So maybe it wasn't a lab link or the wet market. It was you. You started. <laughs> I don't think it was me, but it's uh, it ended up being uh, and when people say ripped from the headlines. Like in this case, it was just it happened to be what the book was about well before COVID hit. So timing was either good or bad, depending on how we didn't know. That's when we did talk about before we launched this thing. Um, we didn't know if people would be, uh, would, wouldn't want to know anything about bioweapons or a virus or a weapon is weaponized virus because we're living it. But I was already so deep into it. There was no turning back at that point. It was, it was, I was committed. Um, and so this was going to be the book. And so I didn't shy away. I didn't change anything. Um, I just included more of what the enemy would have learned by watching our response to COVID. So I just added well, to it. I just doubled down. There were uh, uh, tactics to mitigate an outbreak in this book that were on the table for the government that if it doesn't come up in Jesse's recap, I want to talk about it on the other side of Jesse's recap, because that's one thing that I'm glad the government didn't have access to, or did they, before this book came out uh, <laughs> because they might have tried it. <laughs> Let's hope not. But yes, Jesse, give us a rundown. What is, what is uh, your takeaway from the devil's hand when it comes to a synopsis? And I'll be listening and grading and judging. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Spartan Forge. You can find them at S-P-A-R-T-A-N-F-O-R-G-E 
AI. Go check them out. They have an amazing app. Spartan Forge is an all-encompassing hunting and planning application powered by artificial intelligence. Developed by a U.S. Army Warrant Officer conducting intelligence preparation of the battlefield in the special missions arena for our nation's most elite operators. The app offers military-based targeting for hunters. The technology uses artificial intelligence-powered movement prediction. It features movement prediction paired with current and historical wind data, current forecasts, and state data. They partnered with Premier Universities to collect data on deer movement. It is as accurate and testable as scientifically possible. No snake oil, no bullshit. Its UAV map features next-level imagery detail, the highest resolution offered on the market, with up to seven years of historical imagery. Its Blue Force Tracker allows users to share pins and location data to a set group of peers in a user-defined area. The LiDAR map lets hunters look through the trees and structures to see topography like never before, giving the user a detailed viewpoint of trails, beds, and more. And the Lambda map is fully customizable, set to parameters selected by the user for fast access. It will also indicate public and private land boundaries. The journal feature lets users keep track of every detail of their hunt, write historical descriptions, and add photos and waypoints, all while pulling historical weather pattern data. And its desktop app features Eastman's Tag Hub. Spartan Forge works hand-in-hand with Eastman's to integrate Tag Hub app into Spartan Forge, providing Western hunting draw odds and stats. Users can search by location, species, season, and trophy potential to best plan their Western hunt. Get 30% off if you sign up with the code DANGERCLOSE at www.spartanforge.ai. That is S-P-A-R-T-A-N-F-O-R-G-E dot A-I. That is the highest discount they have ever offered, and it is perfect to get started on that summer scouting. Check them out, spartanforge.ai. All right, well, I've, I've got B plus up to now, so I'm hoping get a B plus plus in there for it. one. So B plus, yeah, B plus plus, true. B plus. I'm hoping to crack the A minus here, Let's and, and I'm going to take a little bit different of a strategy because Jack, you said something in one of the early episodes that there's a fine line between being complex but not complicated. This this plot has elements, as David said, of like the ticking time bomb. It has a cat and mouse element. It has the historical element. Uh, uh, so I'm going to take a little bit of a less of a linear approach to the synopsis. Uh, but the novel does start on September 11th, uh, 2001. And we kind of see the the right before the attacks from the perspective of not one of the 19 hijackers but part of the adjacent network of hijackers which was much larger than that just over a dozen individuals who were kind of uh you know made the public faces of the attack Mm -hmm. but then we see the immediate aftermath of the attacks through the perspective of a new character to the series alec christensen who we later learn becomes the future president of the united states and it, it seems a very noble character um, but he is also someone who uh, has a propensity for vengeance because he lo- loses his fiance in the 9-11 attack. So um, the, the novel fast forwards uh, a degree, and uh, we, we essentially find out through the course of the novel 
that uh, Iranian sleeper cells have been um, kind of awakened in the United States. And they have a very specific mission, which we later find out is coming from officials in Tehran, or, or at least uh, military officials in Iran, which is um, to release a, a chemical bioweapon um, in different American cities. And we, we learn later uh, what their motivations are. But one of the themes, as you said, Jack, is um, is sort of the historical complexities of America's intervention, uh, particularly in the conflicts between Iran and Iraq, um, and kind of playing both sides throughout history. And the main antagonists in this novel are these Iranians who um, are, were not only involved in sort of the planning of 9-11, but also in this attack uh, uh, decades later. Um, and so as these sleeper cells are planning on unleashing this virus, which we learn more and more about throughout the course uh, of the novel, uh, James Reese is summoned by the president uh, who kind of learns of his skills as an assassin. And he's given a new list uh, in, in sort of a ploy for vengeance of losing his fiance at 9-11. At he meets with the president at Camp David. Very cool scene in Camp David. One of the, the I think, paints a really interesting picture for, for people who like geopolitics of, uh, of interactions there. Uh, but the president uh, gives James uh, Reese his own mission to hunt down the remaining individuals who were sort of in that extended network of 9-11 terrorists. Meanwhile, we meet uh, a couple of other characters, a senator uh, who has presidential ambitions of his own uh, named Sen uh, Senator Thwait, and also a man named Eric Sawyer, who uh, runs a private military company called Masada that seems to be, I, I don't want to project, but sort of like an Eric Prince Blackwater type of character um, who are conspiring on their own to uh, try to find a way to take down the president to, to elevate themselves into power. Now, as Reese goes and hunts down these uh, Iranians on the list that the president uh, gives him, he sort of uh, uh, finds himself intersecting with these awakened Iranian uh, sleeper cells who are on a mission to ignite a virus. Now, uh, another uh, character is introduced. It's Katie's best friend, uh, Haley Garrett, and she works at the CDC. And she has her own suspicions about these uh, mysterious viral outbreaks that are happening, which are, uh, you know, like an, an Ebola type of outbreak where it kills people very rapidly. Um, but what is frightening to her and many officials that it seems that most of the people infected in these viral outbreaks uh, uh, were sickened via uh, air and not just if people are familiar with Ebola, they know it's only transmissible through bodily fluid. So it's actually hard to kind of catch it unless you're in direct uh, contact with someone. So in a terrifying scenario, um, uh, the president is faced with the, uh, the decision to either drop massive bombs on two American cities, which these terrorists have uh, uh, unleashed this aerosol virus to, and it's spread, and it spread very rapidly, uh, in order to contain the outbreak or uh, potentially allow the outbreak to spread, kill, killing hundreds of millions of Americans. And we, we also learn that uh, this, this tactic of bombing uh, cities was used by the Russians on their own soil, as well as in African villages where they were perfecting this bioweapon. Now, what we come to find out through, um, uh, you know, in, in a, like sort of this cross-country chase um, where uh, Reese and Hannah 
and, and different characters along the way are trying to put the pieces together. And it's and it's um, it's I'm sorry, not Hannah Haley. Uh, one thing that Haley, it's her theory proves to be correct that this weapon actually, after its initial kind of spread via aerosol isn't uh, contagious uh, via a respiratory spread that is actually uh, uh, specifically designed to not come back and kill the host eventually and the iranians this is a ploy to try to uh, uh, defeat america i think the, the phrase comes up uh, a couple times with a bulletless war and they're going to defeat defeat allow america to defeat itself and force the u.s presidents to drop bombs on its own cities creating mass civil unrest. Uh, and so uh, Reese has a very specific timeline to try to uncover and, and confirm that this virus is not, uh, can't spread from respiratory means. So he has to go and he has to, uh, uh, you know, not only find where these labs are and through this kind of uh, sleeper cell terrorist network, they also break into an actual US bio lab to extract a sample to see if it, it matches. Like I said, it's a really fun kind of cat and mouse story, but also uh, along the way, they are uh, uh, pursued by sort of these these mercenaries that work for Eric Sawyer, who are trying to essentially blackmail James Reese and the president. Um, so even after uh, they're able to confirm with the White House that uh, th don't worry, this virus can't spread. They, they've containing containment zones around these cities, but the president's able to go on TV, kind of settle things down a bit. But of course, uh, towards the end of the novel, Reese has some unfinished business. Uh, so he uh, goes and personally, uh, in a very another very cool scene, uh, goes and kills an Iranian general who was sort of behind the entire plot. Uh, he also goes and hunts down Sawyer and Thwait, who their whole uh, uh, kind of blackmail campaign has been exposed. They're in hiding on this island, and uh, it sets up the next novel because uh, just as uh, um, Sawyer is killed and before Thwait takes, the senator takes his own life because he's going to be, uh, um, all of his ill doings will be exposed. He informs uh, Reese that a hit has been taken out on him from his uh, old nemesis, the sniper from Syria, Nazar, all the way back uh, from True Believer. So it's setting up the the the, the next novel, and that is uh, the Devil's Hand. How did I? Man, do I'm gonna give you an A. I was gonna go A minus, but I think I'm I'm going A. All right, I'm going A. Take it. Yeah, that was okay. uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was this was such a. I mean, they've all been fun to write. People ask me what my favorite novel is, and it's always the one that I've just finished because I've put so much work into it. So now that's my current baby, I guess is probably the best way to, uh, to put it, but this was super fun to write. And this first part where I talk about it opens on nine 11, I didn't want to open it and have, uh, in italics in bold above and have the date. Um, so I didn't want to have, have it like that. I wanted to have it just start. And I wanted it to start and have people understand what date it was because of the Nokia cell phone and, you know, the texting. Like, what is texting? Like, no one's got, it's never going to catch on. Like, that sort of a thing. You know, because like, nah, 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 and the phone ringing. Nah, 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 so I wanted to take people back there to that time and place without saying right here, like you usually do, uh, a date, time, location right there. I just wanted to start and have people understand where they were because of the descriptions of, of what was happening and because of what people were saying and how they were talking about this uh, this new thing, texting or the Nokia phone or 
or whatever like that. You never wouldn't put it into a Kia phone, probably in a new, you know, it's an iPhone today, you know, maybe a Blackberry if you're in government, that sort of a thing. So I love doing, doing things like that. And, uh, gosh, yeah, there's, there's so much in this one because you really had to think this one through and figure out, uh, okay, the Iranians want to, they want to trick the United States into thinking that it is, uh, uh, that this virus is airborne essentially. And, uh, I had to, and how, and how, if we do have this virus, um, and we have it illegally because we're signatories to, uh, a bioweapons convention signed in the seventies. Uh, so how do you get around that? Well, it's biodefense, but also there are these, these labs where these things are held that are essentially illegal to, for our country to, uh, to be, to have and be working on. But I think we have them. Uh, my research would indicate that we have them. I could be wrong, but uh, now that you means you have a government that has essentially the solution, but if they acknowledge that solution, or in this case, have to go through all the red tape to expose that, hey, we do have this and here's our, here's our solution, uh, by that time, we've already bombed the cities. Uh, so Reese has to break in to a uh, very secure biodefense lab and get this thing out, analyze it, confirm, and then let the president know that you don't have to bomb our cities. And so that was pretty cool to be able to, to put all that together through that research and, and come up with this, this storyline and get it in, into, a, uh, into the book here in a way that's, uh, that's still personal and still moves the overall story arc forward um, and continue the relationship between Katie and Reese. And uh, when they're at this restaurant in uh, Old Town Alexandra, that place is a, that's a real place. And uh, anyway, it's, 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 it's all so much fun for me. I absolutely love this. I love that you can take a pause on the mythology, the the Reese and his father for a little bit and, and push it aside a little bit. I, I I like that aspect of your series. Yeah. Uh, well, I hadn't quite figured it out yet. That's the other part. That's the other behind <laughs> the scenes. You know, I need to buy a little time here. Kind of like, uh, yeah, kind of like how's Katie, how are Katie and Reese going to get back together if she, if he, if she thinks that he, he actually didn't care if her head got blown off. Uh, you know, I'm still, I was still thinking through exactly what I wanted to have happen in this current novel, Only the Dead. So I'm still letting it simmer. I'm still writing things down. I'm still working with it um, because I can't just rush. I can't just like get something down just to get something down. Um, no, it's got to be right. And, uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that, that, that's part of the reason why it did take a break from, uh, from that storyline. All right. Some fact versus fiction, uh, bombing of the U S cities. Is that a protocol on the books that someone told you about? I, um, did some research. Let's just say did some research. And, uh, once again, I don't have any inside information. I've never opened up a, a classified document that says that sort of thing. So this is all extrapolated from multiple interviews and, uh, doing my own research as well, all open source type stuff. But uh, I would not be surprised if uh, we had some protocol like that on the books, I guess is the best way to put it. And also, this is the first one where I have an author's note at the end. So all of them open with a preface that sets the tone for the story to follow. But I got to the end of this one. And I thought, you know what, people are going to have questions about what was real and what was not in what they have just read. So I wrote an author's note that talks about what was fact and what was fiction uh, in the and then the pages that people have just worked their way through. So I've done that for each novel since for in the blood and for this current one right here, only the dead. Uh, and I like doing that now. Now that's a, that's a thing. I think I'll do it. I'll always do it just because uh, I do weave so much history into the pages of these novels. And I do weave so much fact in that, uh, that I know people are going to have questions. So I like to have that author's note at the end for people as well. 
That was Jack's super nice way of saying, leave me alone and just read the author's note. <laughs> David, didn't you read the author's note? Come on. <laughs> the, uh, well, that leaves me, the, the 9-11 loose ends. There it is. But there was also inspired by a conversation I had in Argentina in 2017. So um, before the first book came out, first book came out in March of 2018. But I went down to Argentina uh, on a hunt down there and I talked to somebody who who's mentioned in the 9-11 Commission report by name. I don't mention him in uh, in the author's note by name, but I talk about him just in just in case. Um, but he mentioned to me a couple things just in conversation, just over wine down there in Argentina that uh that sparked this novel. So this was not one of the plots that I wrote out when I start, first started um, down this path by putting them all on the table. This was one that came to me through this conversation with this person in, uh, in Argentina in 2017. And, uh, and then I wrote it down and thought this is going to be a future James Reese novel. And by the time I finished Savage Sun, I knew that was the right time to, uh, to explore that. Plus, it was coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So it just naturally fit into the continuing storyline. Uh, another uh, thing that I want to talk to you about is that it, what is interesting, and I find that it would, I imagine it would be hard for authors to do, uh, especially this deep in the series, is recap for people that are first getting into the, which is what we're doing here. But in each of your books, to make them standalone or standalone-ish, you kind of have to give some background that longtime fans will already know about, so you can't make it boring and repetitive but you do have to catch some people up who are picking yep. up this book for the first time and you did it in this book in one of the more inventive ways i've ever seen before thank you, did you. It in a polygraph i did it in a polygraph and uh, i did go through the lifestyle polygraph at the agency back in uh 2000, I want to say it's 2006, 2007 timeframe. So got to do my two, my two day poly for those who have been through it. And uh, so I got to go back and remember what it was like to sit in that chair and uh, get hooked up to that machine and go through that process. So I got to bring that in and I thought that'd be a good way to catch people up because Reese is now uh, joining the central intelligence agency. He's going to go to the farm. He's going to get these skills. He's going to come on board, not because they asked him, but because he has a personal reason for wanting to join. He needs the CIA. He needs the intelligence apparatus of the United States to go and hunt down some of these people who are still out there from the first few novels. So, uh, so he's, uh, so he's doing it for, for, with a purpose. Um, and so, yep, he's sitting in that chair and I thought that would be a good way to catch people up on, uh, on what's been happening up to this point in the novels, if they're just picking this up for the first time. And, uh, and this is the first one that Jocko read. So Jocko, uh, read this and, uh, put it on his social channels. Uh, and he's done that for the, he did that for the last book as well. And, uh, so that's the part that he he read through was that uh, was that section, which was very cool of him. And uh, one more thing that uh, reminded me of uh, Vince Flynn made this Vince Flynn esque that I'm sure someone who was listening earlier would probably have come back and told me uh, is that uh, just like uh, Mitch Rapp lost his girlfriend in a very famous terrorist attack, the Pan Am uh, mm. crash over Lockerbie, Christensen lost his fiance in a very famous terrorist attack, 9/11. Jack Carr, you are one sly dog. You are today's Shakespeare. Shakespeare of thrillers. <laughs> oh, wow. We should write, we should write that down. Uh, that's, that's interesting because I didn't make that direct connection uh, to Vince Flynn, 
But now looking back, obviously Vince Flynn was a huge influence on me. And if anybody out there listening or watching has not read all of Vince Flynn's novels, starting with Term Limits uh, and then going on from there, and Vince and uh, Mitch Rapp character is uh, is introduced in the in the next novel. But Term Limits is the first one that I read uh, on the way to Afghanistan, actually. But uh, people should go back and read Vince Flynn, just a master of the craft who I got to meet at SHOT Show uh, years ago and who just uh, got to spend some time with him because we walked out of SHOT Show, which for those who have been can take a while at the end of the day when everybody's moving for those exits and uh, stopping by different booths to grab uh, grab a beer here and there. But we got to work our way towards the exit together and talk and it was amazing. I'll never forget it. But uh, but now having that you said it, I can see it, but it wasn't, that was not intentional. And, uh, and in this, it's a little different in that it's not a memory. It's we're back there in that place with Christensen, with his fiance at the time. It's not present day and him having this background with uh that that drove him into the intelligence services so um but now that you mentioned that it's that probably did have a have an impact that's why all those books that i read growing up that provides this foundation and uh and oftentimes i can't even pinpoint where something came from oftentimes i can with savage son but um so often than not it's just a part of my experience and a part of who i am and and uh all those authors made me who i am today and I will say this before we move on to the next episode, is that Mitch Rapp, Vince Flynn's character, Scott Harvath, Brad Thor, Brad Thor, another author who you actually dedicated Savage Sun to, they're name-checked in a lot of your books. Yes. Uh, so to everyone I see on Twitter who or Instagram who are asking you, oh, please do a collab and have Scott Harvath and James Reese work together, it's impossible because Scott Harvath and Mitch Rapp are fictional characters in James Reese's world. In James Reese's world. That's right. That's right. I love how you, I remember the first time you answered that question a couple of years ago on Twitter or something. And uh, and for those listening, you are Atria Mystery Bus on Twitter, by the way, so people can follow Atria Mystery Bus on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I remember when you answered that question for the first time, and I was like, oh, that kind of solves that one for me. So that's that's fantastic. <laughs> Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, this one, what else do we have on this one? Um, man, this one was a fun one to write because it, uh, it, it was different. Once again, I wanted it to be different than the, than the last one and not have people be confused as, wait, which one was the one with the, with the person getting hunted on the island? And which was the one with the, uh, the bioweapon in the United States? Like I wanted to be very distinctly different novels that move the story forward and, uh, and maybe even move the genre forward by a tiny bit. That's always my, my goal is to move the genre forward by a tiny bit, like all those authors I mentioned did for me. So, um, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the devil's hand. And this one's, uh, showcase torture was a, of a medical sort. Yes. Yes. In the, uh, the ambulance, uh, yes. in the ambulance. So I had to add uh, moving ambulance, you got the ticking clock, you got the person dying, you got the whole thing. Uh, so yeah, that was fun to, fun to do as well. Um, and yeah, all these, uh, yeah, don't, don't try this at home, boys and girls. I think I'll say we can, we can, we can say that. <laughs> All right, we have a ticking clock too, so let's go on to. Let's in the do blood. it. In the blood, let's do it. 